Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast presented by Black and Gold Hockey Productions Podcast Network and sponsored by BetOnline. Go to betonline.ag and enter the code CLNS50. Today is December 13th, 2020, one of the great days in history. And this is episode 207. I am Matt Barry, and I am joined each week by Heather Ingerson. Hello, Heather. Hello, Matt and Mark. Happy Sunday, the 13th. Happy Sunday. And hello, Mark. Mark Allred's with us as well. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Big happy birthday to you, sir. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Happy Absolutely. Birthday. Yeah, today I am 25 again. Nice. So for the 23rd for year in a row. I love the <laughs> trips around the world. It's such a great trip. They? I'm, in a, I'm in a time capsule right now where I just stay at 25. So. Also, I want to uh, shout out um, Thomas Nystrom. He's a Black and Gold Productions uh, sports media company colleague. So happy birthday to him. Hopefully he, he's doing well. Uh, Kick-ass jerseys. We got some merch, merch, merch coming out. So we'll talk about it later. But um, happy birthday, sir. Yes, happy birthday to Thomas. And we have a jam-packed agenda today. And uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel here as the uh, Bruins are going to be back. The NHL is going to be back, so we'll talk about a ton of that stuff. But first, Mark has some words about Bet Online. Yeah, 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 yeah. NFL football continues this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline.ag. No matter how the schedules change or players that play, betonline.ag is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. Head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great mid-season bonuses, offers, and contests. And please don't forget to use promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50. BetOnline.eg, your online wagering experts. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. And uh, speaking of Thomas Nystrom, 
we do have some new BNG Pond Beer League jerseys, authentic jerseys that we're making. They are absolutely beautiful. I saw some of the photos that were, uh, you know, around on Twitter, and they are just fantastic looking. Almost look like the real deal. And uh, I think I might have to get one myself. Yes, yes, we're all getting um, customized jerseys. Uh, if you follow Thomas, please send him a DM if you want one. Uh, I know that he was extending it to 48 hours. I'm not sure when uh, listeners and viewers on YouTube are going to be able to get one. But um, if you happen to hear this uh, tonight when the, when the release happens, get in touch with Thomas, get an order in. Only 70 bucks, your name, number, whatever. We have some, they look fantastic. And we're also in the uh, works of getting a pond hockey little game going on with some friends and, uh, and family members at BNG. So uh, that's in the works, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, jam packed show today. And I'm pumped to have my, my, my friends, the trio is back together. So Matt, after a, a two week hiatus uh, uh, of, of weather and family stuff, um, I'm glad to see you back and I'm glad to hear that you're doing much better. I am doing my damn doing much better. I mean, today is my birthday, so that's a good day. And then battled some some illness and then some power outages and Wi-Fi outages. And it was it's been a it's been a month or two here of just uh, general, you know, horseshit. But right now it is much better. So that's uh, we're onward and upward in 2021 very, very soon. So uh, we're we're about to turn the corner here. So that's great. Awesome. Glad to hear it, bud. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, first real item on the agenda, the NHL update. It's looking at January 13th as a target, but it's exactly one month away. And training camps may be opening around January the 3rd. And Heather, this has to make you as excited as me to see some hockey back. I am very excited. I'm also very skeptical, but that's just my nature. So uh, they're still, I know they're still meeting every day. They still, I think that they've, agreed that they're just gonna walk away from the whole escrow fight for now and they can all uh, fight about that at the next contract but there's still some things to work out um but I'm excited because now there's actually seems like there's more hope I don't feel like it was like the attrition warfare that was going on even just last week uh so no hopefully everything will be on target for that and getting them in because I think we all agree, like it sucks. All the hockey's getting taken away. Like, I mean, even just what, if you want to watch college hockey or ACHL or whatever, like things, have, it's not been kind uh, to the world and neither should sports be an exception to that. So of course I'm pumped. I mean, I still, I don't know. I try, I try to have faith, but mm -hmm. I've also watched Gary Bettman do his show too long to know that sometimes it looks good and I feel it and I don't want to get too excited until it's like January 3rd and people are in, but people have started coming home from overseas and stuff, not tons of people, but you've seen players starting to move back to Canada or the U S respectively, depending on where their club plays. And that's all good. So at least the players themselves look like they're initiating kind of get home and quarantine by the holidays, you know, and start the process from there. So mm. what do you think, Mark? You hopeful? I'm very hopeful. And and from the the, f the folks that are doing the most talking, the Elliot Friedmans, the Darren Dreggers, the guys that are in the trenches uh, getting this league news that we, the fans, need to hear. And us as podcaster and, and a media company need to hear so we can produce the content that we're doing right now and on our uh, blackandgoldhockey.com website with our 25 writers and so on. So 
it's all very, very good news in my opinion. And when those guys are talking, you know that something's going to come down the, down the, down the path. And um, I, I feel I'm very confident that this is going to happen uh, mid January. So uh, I don't believe this news would be getting out if it wasn't going to happen. I, I think that those guys are so deep in the trenches that if something was, uh, if there was turmoil between both sides, the NHL as a, as an entity and the NHLPA, I think that uh, worse news would come out than, than what we're hearing. So it's good to have both sides having some, um, some dialogue about what's going on and what was said back in March and what the future is going to look like, but I'm ready for it. And, and, and I'm pumped. So. Yeah, and I, I am too. I, I, you know, there'll be cases and there will be rescheduling and there will be protocols and it'll be similar to what's happened in the NFL with cases and, and players having to sit out and some quarantining and that those are, I mean, it won't be, it won't be easy. It won't be seamless. It won't be smooth, but I think the league is going to try everything they can to muscle through a season just like NFL has. And I think that you'll see um, the only, the only thing I see that only problem there is that typically you play two or three games a week in the NHL and only one game a week in the NFL. So if you have to reschedule games and move this, the calendar around, you may see a situation where a team has to play three games in three nights or, you know, and, and that type of thing. And, and traveling is a different, is going to be different now with, with no, no real bubble and trying to get into your own arenas and, you know, and all those things. I mean, all, all those things have to be hashed out and have to, and there'll be some trial and error and it won't be easy and it'll be frustrating at times, I'm sure. Um, and some teams will be up against it with guys out and in. And so it's going to be a different type of season without a doubt. Uh, but I am pretty confident that the league is going to try everything they can to continue the season once they start it. Yeah. And, and they have to because of, of uh, the future of, of uh, sustainability of the league. Um, we are in a, a very, very important time of negotiations for a TV contract. Uh, and, uh, and it's going to be us dollars. It's good. We're getting away from the, the TV contract, the five-year deal that they did with RDS, TVG, and somebody else up in uh, a TSN up in Canada. Uh, and because that was so bad, a lot of folks don't, don't know that when the Canadian dollar plummeted because of the oil prices, so did pretty much that deal because it, you were paid in American dollars, but the, the, uh, the deal was in a Canadian term. So this is getting back to some, uh, some American TV um, companies is going to be huge because now we're be, going to be on the same page at, when it comes to the the dollar evening out and so on. So it's going to be more it's going to be more plentiful for the NHL. So um, and having having them go through this, I don't think if they shut everything down. This is what sucks about people when they talk about this. They, some folks are saying shut it down, and I'm always a, a proponent of saying no. You need to do this because. It's not a good idea to be, be uh, negotiating a TV contract with a, a dead year that you didn't show up and do anything. That doesn't look good on, on trying to get something moving forward for the future. So that's important to, uh, to, to know that this TV deal is, is absolutely huge. Oh, it, 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 oh, must, it certainly is. Oh, I was going to say what you were saying, though. I, I think that the only what I get most worried about is the scheduling and like you want to have as many games as you can in. Right. But losing 
30 games in a season is a big hit in the NHL. You know what I mean? I almost said NFL (laughs) football in the brain today. I apologize. So I think for me, I think they need to be logical about it and like really see you have to factor in. You're going to probably have to reschedule games, right? Because even if a friend of a friend tests positive, that's the circle and you have to, you know, go through. I kind of like this idea and maybe it is because I'm, I like baseball, but This year, why don't we try instead of every other day we're playing in a different city, why don't we play three games in a row? Say you have the six people in your league and you play them, you know, or something like that, or the same, like, or you schedule so three teams are kind of playing in the same city over those that week instead of, like you said, like football plays once a week. They have a whole week to quarantine, kind of get tested, get settled. Where hockey, they're moving every day or every other day. So I think this year, I know there's been talk about too, about keeping the expanded playoffs. I hate them. I think the playoffs should be, if you're one through eight, you get to be in the playoffs. And if you're not in your conference, go away because you're not good enough to be in the playoffs. I hate that format. I wish that wouldn't stay, but I think this year they should explore for safety reasons, seeing about maybe doing like series instead of game, game, game or close contact. So the Islanders, Rangers and Philly all play each other only, you know what I mean? In that little area. So you're only dealing with three of the rinks shutting down instead of you had four teams go through there and potentially having to reschedule for, you know, that's just me. I, and I know they're all on that, you know, and those are the things they still have to hash out though, you know, but I would like to see them as much as I love hockey, keep it on the lower end. So there's more flexibility to not have to push the playoffs because they're already going to be up against it for the Olympics and the TV with NBC to, you know, finish out. I know, I know from uh, reading uh, uh, Dreger and, and Friedman and so on in their tweets in the past week and a half, one big um, proponent to these negotiations is the fact is that uh, they were talked about doing a bubble system again. The players don't want to do the bubble again. Uh, I think the Toronto bubble was a little more better for everybody, but when they all went to Edmonton or even the, the teams that were playing in Edmonton weren't happy up there. So it wasn't the same in both bubbles. I think the players are a little afraid of that, but what they are talking about is a two week one off schedule. So play as much games as you possibly can in two weeks and have one week off to, um, to go home and visit with family. So I, I, I like that idea. I like the family. If you're making the, if you're making the players happy and you're not, you know, basically just shutting off their, their lives from their families for four months, five months, I think it's important for them to see these people because if they're happy seeing their family once, you know, every two weeks and not once every four months, it's a little bit better for them to, uh, to be more in the mindset of, of the job that needs to be done and not just uh, locked down. And, and, you know, the common, uh, the common word for being upset in these bubbles was fly fishing. Did you guys know that? No, I didn't hear that. If you, if you look at any of the videos and so on, they're like, what are you going to do today? Uh, you know, after the game or after practice and like, oh, we're all getting together to go fly fishing. That means that they were not happy in the, in these bubbles because uh, really? it was their, their um, common collective way of saying this fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, I'm well sure I think it does. I mean, I'm sure sorry. It does. the part of the problem too, was the things that they were promised. It was like, okay, we can go, we were told we could all go on a golfing, but like if one person didn't want to go golfing, nobody could go golfing kind of thing, which seems a little, that seemed a little crazy to me because players were already kind of griping about it 
in, in even in Toronto, where they did seem to have at least a little more freedom. I mean, the poor kids in Edmonton didn't even have to see the day of light. They went like hotel to straight under the streets to the rink. Um, but to Mark's point, that's something the, you know, the NHL always follows the NBA's league, good, bad, or ugly, right? And one thing that the NBA bubble did now, I would say that the NHL bubble started off and stayed the best that we've seen how to deal with it this year. But the NBA, once they said, nope, no one else gets to come into the bubble after this date, and they punished the people who violated rules, they had set theirs up, though. The families were in the bubble with them. And they had tutors there so the kids could go to school. And the families actually came and watched the games, and then they had the cutouts. That's something that if the NHL, even if it's not bubble bubbly, but like, hey, we'll allow your family to travel with you. So you're kind of in your own team bubble. That's something to really consider, especially a lot of these players. It, it would be harder, obviously, if you have teenagers and stuff like that. But a lot of these people have families that are like five kids under the three kids under the age of five. They're an age where it won't necessarily it's healthier for them to be traveling with the parents, you know, and then, like you said, you don't get cut off. You can only hang out with your buddies so long before you want to murder them. It's like last week, a summer vacation. You're kind of happy to see all those people you didn't see over three or four months. So that's sorry. I'll stop yeah, talking. I, I think that uh, the, the problem with the NHL doing it, one is money and two is you have 20 people on the roster, maybe even more. And you have 12 basketball players. So there's a, you know, eight more, there's 250 more players or so in the league than in the NBA. So in the NBA obviously is a, just a cash cow. So they can do, they can provide those benefits to players. I like the idea of having, you know, families in the mix there. And I think it was, it would be hard for the league to say, okay, let's, let's have you guys take pay cuts and then be away from your family for five months. I mean, I think that that's a double whammy. It just doesn't create much morale, high morale. And uh, so to have maybe that's a part of lessening the blow with the money situation is to say, OK, you guys can see your families and so forth and so on. Uh, it's going, But again, it's going to be there's going to be cases and there's going to be it's going to be a different way. I'm, I'm interested to see how the league's going to manage all that uh, when there are cases and because they really had they did a tremendous job. But it all, they, all, they made it really easy for themselves and they didn't have to deal with a lot of that. But when the scheduling conflicts come and the, and the cases and, and the rosters take hits because four guys have to quarantine. And when you quarantine 10 days, whether it's 10 or 14 or whatever it is, I mean, that's, that's three or four games, you know. So it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's going to be difficult, but. I really believe they're going to do everything they can to get right through the season and it's going to be messy at times, but at least it'll be hockey. You know, what can you, what can you say? And there's a vaccine coming down the freaking pipeline that got shipped right. today. Right. We saw so the there's another thing is that you can, you can, you can, yeah. If you can just borrow some time here and you get, you start getting a vaccine and you can vaccinate the players. And I'm hearing that sports teams are going to get, obviously they'll get, I mean, they had, they had first crack at testing. They'll have first crack at vaccinations. So uh, that could definitely help that. right then. So as much as I love sports, I have an issue with yep. right. sports is not oh, essential. Sure. You know what I mean? And, oh, and, sure. and Well, I think I don't remember who it was, but someone kind of had started an uproar about the idea that they were going to look for vaccinations and was kind of like, oh, they're trying to secure. And then they had to like clarify. I can't remember who it was. 
but clarify, oh, the league's looking into it, right? So I'm not saying like, because sports are important for economies, Canada, America, everywhere. Like, you know, I mean, if England couldn't play soccer for, uh, well, sorry, football for two months, not only would people go mentally crazy, but they would lose so much money. I mean, those are big money-making. That's like the NBA and NFL over there. Um, I do have an issue though, generally with like sports, the vaccine, I don't know. Like, I just feel like they they are important to our sanity, but they are also just people like you and I. And I know I'm not treating people who are sick and I'm not working in a nursing home or in a school. Like I would argue a teacher is an essential line worker and should have access if they choose to have the vaccine over, you know, my beloved right. Boston Bruins. And, and that right. isn't well, to true. say, and I think just because I say that only because the we don't really know how distribution is going to, I mean, all chances are the general public, we are not going to have access to this vaccine if we choose to want to take it until at least May, April, May, you know, later, maybe into summer, right? So that right. makes it a wash for most everybody else to suck it up till thing. Maybe the sports leagues are going to have to suck it up again for another six months and we'll call it a wash. And in 2022, hopefully we'll all be a little more normal, you know? That's sure, just but me, but I would rather like if, Matt, you need a, you know what I mean? Which obviously, you know, you might not, you know, whatever people shouldn't be forced to take it. Cause that's another right. thing is if the league takes on that, are they, do they have the right as an employer to say you have to take this vaccine or you don't get, yeah. you know, like that's a whole different logistical. I'm not saying that they're a league that that's, necessarily. That's something that's being talked about is because, because yeah. the league is compromised of so many different cultures. Mm -hmm. Some believe, some don't believe in, in uh, immunization and so on. So mm -hmm. That's something that is all going to be brought down, but this is not a situation where it's, it's humanity and hockey. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's the, the NHL is going to fork over the money that they're going to need to buy their vaccinations for their players, mm -hmm. but it's not in a situation that it, uh, this is so hard for me to say that they're, they are doing it over anybody else of importance. If it was like that, humanity would always be first. They're just getting ready to get, Go, to get going so and they're doing it appropriately it's not taking one you're not robbing peter to pay paul you know what yeah. i'm saying it's not that situation yeah right and i think that you know in the other case like i i had covid but i you know if i have but i also work at two high schools so if they offer me the vac vaccine i mean it almost makes more sense to say okay why don't we test people for antibodies and if you have antibodies then maybe we give the vaccine vaccine to somebody else. But I, you know, I, I don't want to get into the science thing, but, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's, I think it's, I, I agree with you, Heather, that it's, it's not, they're not really essential. Number one, they don't really for the majority, the vast majority of them are not, it's not a life threatening virus for them mm -hmm. because they're athletes who are young and virile and healthy and all that for the most part. So that's the other thing. And, and, and the other thing is educators and nurses and them who are in the front lines and, and we got to get kids back to school full time. And so those, those should take priority. And I agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent. So um, next item on the agenda is along those same lines is, is governor Baker going to let fans into the TD garden. My dad's an usher and he's been out of ushering since mid March, uh, no events at the garden, uh, no fans there. Uh, will Governor Baker let fans in there? I actually talked to a good buddy of mine who I've known forever, uh, works for the, he's the vice president of member experience in arena operations for the Boston Celtics. And I talked to him the other day about what they were going to do as far as COVID. 
And he said that they would have to, you know, reach out to fans and, you know, sort of give them some benefits and, and, and it won't be easy deciding who gets available tickets because the season ticket holders may out, you know, outweigh the, the amount of seats available. So it'd be a real slippery slope on how to get people into the building. So I just wanted to get you guys and your, your sort of view of it. And, uh, Mark, do you think it will happen? I, I tend to think it won't, at least in the beginning, uh, or until vaccines are really showing some, you know, some high quality uh, results. Um, but I don't know. Do you think there's any chance you'll see some some crowds in there and how much? Um, for, on this topic, when you talk about the Celtics, it brings up something very interesting that I heard a couple of days ago, which prompted me to write an article about, uh, the Providence Bruins, but we'll talk about that later. But this same person also reached out to me and told me that the Governor Baker visit was for the Celtics only. Um, huh. And it wasn't for hockey. And wow. one of the reasons why this is happening and the, the um, outpouring of outdoor hockey came about, like if we can't play at the TD Garden, where are we going to go? And that's mm. why they re- <clears throat> why the Bruins reached out to uh, arenas like like um, the way the Patriots play and, uh, and Fenway. And yeah. Fenway. Yeah. Um, so, and it's because of operational costs. This is what this source has told me that it, it costs double or triple the amount of overhead to produce a hockey game than it is a basketball game. So it makes more sense for them to have a game there because they don't have to take the, and it's union reasons for some unknown reason, the union is involved in this. And there's this back and forth going on because union members take the floor off and they put the floor back on and so right. on. So um, I don't, I, I don't know uh, how true that is or anything like that, but mm. uh, I tend to go with somebody that's been a hundred percent in the last four years I've been dealing with them. So. Well, maybe uh, Matt Grizzlick's dad would know because he's a yeah, booking guy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that's one of the things is, is it, is it takes less to run a, a, um, a basketball game than it is a hockey game. And um, yeah, you know, so. Yeah, you can also spread them out a little more in the basketball because you can have, seats on the floor and you have those extra uh, sections you put in along the floor. So 75. hockey, the, the crowd is sort of on that, in that bowl, but in, but in basketball, you can spread them out and think a little more. And the no, number right, was 7,500 that, that, um, 7, that Baker was saying what he might allow. All right. So that's roughly a little less, well, a little more than a third if it's like 20 grand in there. So, yeah, I would, point out wouldn't it be safer to have hockey because there's boards that keep these germs from going on that side and if the fans are socially di- where in basketball fans literally can get f- like i players fall in fans laps no i'm, j- I'm just joking no. i mean i would like to see but this raises an interesting question because most cities their basketball and their hockey teams play in the same building like there's mm-hmm. not really you know it's not certain places hockey is what it is right in your mm. montreal's and your torontos but like mm. the kings and the and the lakers are equally important to la fans like do you know what i mean or whatever like they have season yeah. and some a lot of people have season tickets to both teams do you know what i mean if they're diehard sports so it's kind of interesting if that debate like maybe it's a union issue every i mean 
let's face it, like maybe every place has that problem that the union's like, yeah, no, it's a lot easier for us to lay the park hit and just walk away. You know right. what I mean? And put it, but it, I, I was only joking, but it is kind of almost safer like hockey. At least only the players are breathing on themselves over here and right. fans are not breathing on each other over there. Might be. Well, it so. creates a weird dynamic because the Celtics rent the building and the Bruins own it. And if the Bruins can't have fans in and the Celtics can, it's kind of strange. And I wonder if, you know, obviously Jacobs, Jeremy Jacobs uh, owns the concessions and, and they'll make plenty of money, you know, with that situation and how they'll do concessions and concourses, another thing. But uh, it'll be interesting because the Celtics could be able to have fans in there and the Bruins won't. It's their building. So that's uh, that's sort of a funny thing. Well, here's here's the thing is is um is I've already reached out to somebody, a rink manager and so on, but a, a facility like the T D Garden. And their overhead costs are not going to even come close to covering the 7,500 fans that are allowed to go into the garden that right. for a hockey game that are paying. So he's, I mean, it, it, all it comes down to is he's still losing money no matter what scenario he goes in. Right. So right. that's the biggest thing. And, and basketball is what you're going to do. You're going to put the lights on and maybe a little air conditioning. Right. In hockey, well, I, you yeah. have the air conditioning and you have all those glycol machines that pump the ice full of ice to keep it right absolutely frozen so right there's, there's a lot of logistics and a lot of business aspects that go right yeah. into the, these thoughts and a friend of mine that that with the celtics said that they have to actually had to provide more ventilation because of the air quality so now not only is is the garden drafty because i think it's one of the more draftier places it's never that warm in there but it's even draftier now because they have to have out, they have to bring in more outside air. I guess he was telling me, so that creates a dynamic in the summer. Fog where the ice is there, and Fog. It could, having more outside air. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the ice already sucks there, so now you're going to have some humidity creeping in. Well, at least it's better than freaking the island is down in Brooklyn. Right. That's <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. Um, Next item on the agenda, how do we feel about pro the proposed realigned divisions? Although not set in stone quite yet, but, um, you know, the Bruins, the Bruins division looked pretty difficult. Washington was in there, Pittsburgh Islanders, you know, they Tampa Bay looked like they had a cakewalk. So I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts, Heather, we could start with you on the division alignments. Um, it will be interesting to see. I'll like, a lot of big boys we don't have to worry about very much except for like in our own little rivalries. Like it's on one hand, the only team that makes me more insane than the Montreal Canadians is the Philadelphia Flyers. But I think that's because of our age. We still kind of were raised in broad street versus causeway. You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of interesting and exciting, like maybe trying a lot at Washington, although, you know, that doesn't always turn out well, like, I don't know. It'll be like the rising Rangers. Like it looks like it would be fun, but at the same time, I don't, I'm not comfortable with like, I kind of liked us being like half good, half bad in our division. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it'll be, I don't know. I still hold, I like us better than Tampa Bay, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Right. Cause you're going to have some of the higher end teams all in that one division. And that hasn't happened in a while. We had that year a few years ago where like the Metropolitan Division was just stacked beyond belief. And it was like the battle of the top six seeds in the playoffs and everybody else. But I'm really, I understand why they have to do it, but it does break my heart that we don't play Montreal. 
could this be the first time in a hundred, whatever, you know what I mean? Years that Boston and Montreal have not played each other in a regular season game, you know? And that does break my heart a little, but I think it'll be exciting and interesting though, to shake it up a little bit. Cause not just in the East, in the West, there's a couple divisions that are like that, like a couple that are like hot, you know, one was a total hot mess and like all the best teams were on there and it flip-flops. Sometimes it's the central and sometimes it used to be the Pacific and now the central seems to be making their move to be. So I think it's interesting. I think it'll be very interesting to see an all Canadian division. Good luck with that Ottawa senators. I don't like all of a sudden the Winnipeg jets are like, we're back in like, you know, I don't, um, but no, I, I don't hate them. I wish they'd figure out what the hell Dallas, Minnesota, like I, I understand it's some TV contract or something that's happening, but like, make up your mind, these teams in the, like, how hard can it be to figure out where to put Dallas? Let's just make an agreement. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. I am uh, I'm good for it for this year. It, it is what it is. I, um, it sucks that we're not going to see Montreal because of the rivalry. And I love that rivalry. Um, I love the new one that's being created by Toronto. Um, but it also scares me too, because I mean, you losing those teams, which are, you know, you can, you can beat on the regular, but you go into other teams that you don't see all the time. I mean, you do play them uh, four four times, I believe a year and the rest you play six times. So, but now you're going to be playing these guys six to eight times uh, a season in a condensed uh, shortened season, actually. So, but you think about the powerhouse and, 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 you know, it's kind of weird that over the off season, you see teams in the, um, in, I almost call them the Adams division in the uh, Atlantic division got better in Boston signed Craig Smith, which I think Boston got better with signing him anyway, but they didn't do enough to like really put them over the, over the threshold of, of like, we're going to be cup champions anytime soon. Other teams did make those moves appropriate moves for their franchises but now the pandemic is basically saying, all right, you're getting away from those good teams that just got better, but you're going into teams that have been better for a little while and they're constantly building. Like the Rangers are no joke. I mean, that lineup is absolutely sick and the goaltending is going to be nasty. Buffalo got a little better with, uh, with Taylor Hall. We'll see what happens when, how they gel together. Um, the Philadelphia is, is a constant um, a prospect pool. I mean, they're my new favorite freaking franchise for drafting prospects and, and developing because they're doing it properly. And I wish the Bruins would take a note. Um, but, you know, New Jersey is, is what it is. I just, it's going to be tough to, to deal with. Uh, hopefully the uh, coaching staff are all ready and, and got video and they're sending it and during the off season saying, you know, listen, this is your side. This is what you need to cover. This is what you need to let up. And, and get ready for this, as I know that the, uh, the Bruins uh, coaching staff, video staff, and everybody have been doing on Zoom for, for a long time now is, uh, you know, if they need to reach out to a player, they're going to do it. We need to address a certain area of need. Then, you know, we'll figure it out. Much like they did before the, the uh, return to play in the two, uh, 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, you know. So um, I'm looking forward to it because it's hockey. Is it going to be a little awkward? Absolutely. But for one year. And then go back to a regular Atlantic division, go back to playing Montreal and kicking their ass, go back to, you know, beating Toronto, Bergeron, Bergeron, Bergeron is, is all I need. But for one year, pandemic times, suck it up and just play hockey. Yeah, I, I agree. If, you ha- if it means playing hockey, then do whatever it takes to play hockey. Uh, it's, 
the three biggest rivals, you would say, arguably, Toronto, Montreal, and Tampa Bay will not be played in this scenario. So that's disappointing. Uh, and I, you know, some people were saying, well, the division is really tough. If you really look at it, I'm more concerned about like the Islanders and Philly, two up and coming teams. Philly really made some strides. Islanders have good young players, made some strides. I think Pittsburgh and Washington are on the back end of their windows. Uh, I think the Bruins are better than those teams. So I don't know if it's that difficult a division for them. It's, you know, if they stay healthy and, you know, of course, COVID, who, who knows what's, what roster you'll see every night. But, you know, team for team, I would be more concerned about the Islanders and Philly. Uh, I think the Rangers aren't very good. You know, I just so I, I don't I think the Bruins are the class of overall of that division. And I don't I don't see them having a ton of problems um, if it's, uh, you know, if they're healthy and and so forth. So but I, I am disappointed not seeing Montreal because it's still that great uh you know to me anyway there's still that it's a little it means a little more when when they play montreal it's just a little different it's maybe it's not as great as it was in the 70s 80s you know into the 90s but it's still a little bit different uh toronto anytime you could play teams that have rabid fan bases it just it just lends to a better product a better atmosphere uh just a better overall feeling playing those teams and, and not having Toronto and Montreal is definitely going to be different. But like Mark said, if it's one year, then I could suck it up if it means I can have hockey. So I think that's, it's a lesser of two evils. So, so to speak. Um, so there was some next item on the agenda. There was some musical numbers, <laughs> uh, players changing numbers. And I know that Jack Studnika went to 23. So all you Chris Kelly fans out there, I'm sorry. The number was not retired. Uh, so, uh, so Jack Stanika uh, changed his. So, so there was some numbers being changed around and so forth. I'm a, I've always been of the mindset that if you have a bigger number, like a 77, 88, 99, that type of thing, that you should be a pretty good player. Like, because you're, that's identifying someone that you should put your eyes on when they get on the ice. Like, so like the Lemieux and the Gretzky's and the Borks and the Paul Coffey's and those guys, they should have the bigger numbers. Um, no offense to Michael Ryder, but Disner really shouldn't have 73, you know? So I, I, and it's, it's not a big deal, but I just think it's something that I think that players should have sort of normal numbers unless they're one of the real identifiable, identifiable players on the ice. So I didn't know your take on it, Mark, if, uh, if it really mattered, uh, you know, player numbers and so forth. Uh, no, but w- um, all this stuff that, that's coming out is like a really good sign though. Um, like from the organization saying that we haven't even started. And it's, it's you know, there's that 99% chance that this, this might not happen, but the change in numbers so far, I mean, Trent hmm. Frederick goes from uh, a high number to a number 11. Love to hmm. see that kid in the lineup. Uh, 20, uh, Jack Sidnika, uh, 23. He wore that down in Providence. Obviously he's comfortable with that letter. Uh, I mean that number. Um, and, and, um, who else? And Craig Smith, 22. Craig Smith, right. So that means that. Lauzon changed too. Yeah. To Lauzon went to Boychuk's 55 and, yep, uh, and Smith, yeah. Smith went to 22. So that's a, a sheer shot that, uh, Peter Solaric's not coming back. So, 
Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah. no, I mean, I, it is good. It, it is it is good. Maybe that's um those are numbers that uh, these guys wanted. But um, no, I'm I'm happy, and I and I'm happy that they're they're getting their 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 um their stuff in in place uh, for the upcoming season. Yeah. That that's that Nika number that he wore last year is now a real collector's item. If he had that number, now it's a, it's like having uh, Jordan's forty-five. You know, mm. it's a now you'll have that for years to come when he's a Hall of Famer, hopefully. And when everyone has everybody has all the other memorabilia, you're like, really, really? Do you have right. a number sixty-eight, Sidniga? Um, right. Nothing made me happier than to see Peter Solarik's number getting taken out because I do, I, I don't like Trent Frederick either, but I at least can see the argument you people make for Trent Frederick. And by you people, I just mean people who like Trent Frederick. I myself do not love not Trent Frederick, but as I said to Mark, there is as much as I don't really like for me, like for me, Frederick, yeah, he's a big dude. He's kind of like run of the mill. I'm still like the jury's out for me for him, but like, I have left the Peter Solar train and never was on it, but left it at the station and walked away about three years ago from that, regardless of opening mouths or anything else that happened. Uh, if you can't hack it, you can't. Okay. I mean, we all have eyes. So that really made me happy to see his number was now you can't pop up on this number with that number. And maybe they don't want to give it. And I thought it was funny with McKeg, because honestly, let's face it, let's take a survey. That's my next uh, poll. How many of you could even identify McKeg before we picked him up this off season? So he's got 18 now. I that didn't even Brett. know about him. That's I Brett forgot Ritchie's that I had McKeg. So that means <laughs> maybe Brett Ritchie's going away too. At least one of the Ritchie brothers will be, because that was Brett, his Brett's number. already gone. No, that's what I mean though. That was his number. But at the same time, I do, it's going to be a long time. First of all, I'm never going to not think of Nate Horton for a while. I'm not, no offense, McKeg, no matter how much you wear 18, I'm not going to remember you wore that in about uh, 12 months, probably. And Trent Frederick, you've got a lot, like 11 to me is PJ Axelson. Just because we haven't had it. I mean, sure, there have been other number 11s, but like for a long time, a decade, you know, PJ Axelson. So wear it well, do the jersey honor and own the neutral zone the way PJ Axelson used to just pick everyone's pocket. And then maybe I will step onto the platform to maybe be on the Frederick train. That's all I ask. Okay, wear it well. You're the next one to wear it if you want to be, you know what I mean? Be the next person that that this generation will remember as wearing that jersey. You know what I mean? But McKeg. High (laughs) expectations for a guy that's had a cup of coffee and still in an entry level deal, my friend. Yeah, that's well, what I, I mean. mean he can, he's only going to be able to use that number until they retire Jimmy Hayes' 11. <laughs> so that, that'll be, uh, it'll be short lived. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Bobby Carpenter, How- Steve Casper, some, yeah, uh, a couple yeah, of good yeah. 11s, you know, Anson Carter. No, that's what I mean. There's yeah. been other people. Jimmy so, Hayes. like, you know, the <laughs> last person, oh my God, I cannot believe you just said Jimmy Hayes. You just yeah. ruined my Sunday, Matt. Yeah, Bye. Jimmy Hayes. <laughs> Soupy Campbell wore it, but uh, Jimmy Hayes uh, was the last to wear it and almost, you know, most, uh, and almost took it with him, too but uh, that's too bad. Um, so yeah, so now uh, next item on the agenda: John Beecher, a Bruins prospect, former first-round pick, gets cut from the World Junior USA team. Reports were that he tested positive for COVID, so he and his roommate, I believe, uh, were uh, cut from the team. There are some other Bruins prospects on on the uh, World Junior squads as well, but it was disappointing for Beecher when it first came out. I thought. 
boy, that's odd because he made the team last time and he is, uh, you know, regarded as one of the better players on the team or performed one of the better players on the team and, and was respected by his teammates. But then it came out just a little bit later that he had tested positive for COVID and then maybe negative after that. And there was some, some misinformation and different information, but it's too bad for Beecher because I think personally that he'll be a decent middle six. He has an opportunity to be a decent middle six four, just from the clips I've seen and some of the information I've read about. Um, I think he has some tools there, but immediately fans got on when they first saw that he was cut, got on Sweeney, Don Sweeney about his drafting. And it was just the perfect opportunity to do that. So uh, Heather, we could start with you. Uh, it's disappointing for Beecher. I I happen to have some higher expectations for Beecher, and hopefully they come true, but I didn't know your thoughts on it. Yeah, I like Beecher. Um, I also don't think your whole – think of all the great players that didn't make their world junior team or whatever. think he's going to be all right. Uh, I, Mark has been vehemently defending this on – uh, Twitter most of the morning and probably starting last night. I don't know when I turn my, I have to shut my internet off or I won't get off it. I'll just, so when I flick it on and I just from what I thought was that he got cut because they tested caught, you know, so he didn't make the cut because of the COVID testing. You automatically can't just like a couple of the BU boys couldn't even go to camp because of the whole COVID whatever going on there. I think it sucks for him because apparently he had had two negative tests or something after, but the fact is like with the date, if the time is the time cut, you know, it sucks, but I'm also not too worried about him because I think he'll be all right because I like what I see. And I do think he just, to me, we, we get these prospects and I, and it's not in that like the Bruins mold, but kind of like we talked about before the draft, right? There is also kind of a Bruins mold. And I like what I see in John Beecher. He reminds me of, the people we think of when we think true blue Bruins kind of like just style, like all around kind of person. So it sucks for that. But like the people like saying it's because he sucked this and that he was on the team last year, you know, so maybe he got cut because of the test or maybe he just barely didn't make the cut, but Jesus get off his back, man. Like he's like, you know, he's, he's a good player. I, I'm not upset. I mean, I I'm upset that he doesn't get to play, but at the same time, I don't want the whole team USA to not get to play and spread it around uh for for me huge prospect guy as many of you guys know and, and, and obviously the panel here knows um it was just a little disconcerting um because some members of the Bruins fan base uh shot from the hip and and I'm this is not just from one person so please don't think you're getting targeted but it was more or less a, it's a blanket statement because I've I've heard it all over I've gotten dms about it and it's sad that you had to go uh, from a, a, a hip shot to not like fully giving uh, time to actually figure things out. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a little, we're going to talk about it because we do have an ask BNG later on. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope the best for him. I really do. I really hope the best for him and, and, and his health and, and everything like that. So, um, but this is not a slap in the face to his development at all or a progression in his development at all. Uh, he's a sophomore at the University of Michigan. And I think he's going to keep uh, excelling and, and, you know, uh, 
I, Matt sees him as a bottom six. I kind of see him right there, but he has the projection of getting better in his development to possibly be a projected top six forward in the Boston Bruins organization. Who knows? But, but um, to, to just throw a dart out there and say that uh, the Bruins reached on him after hearing news like that, it's just, it, it's just shot from the hip kind of things. And, and kind of the thing that really aggravates me about, uh, about the social media and the media and in general is just, you know, the fire from the hip and, and the reactionary to it is just kind of, it's ridiculous. Give it some time, figure it out, especially in these times when you can never know if it's, if it's an actual injury or if it's COVID related, you, you really do have to do your due diligence and sit back and say, I'm going to give this one an hour and then I'll tweet this out. Well, that's just me. Well, we'll talk about it. Cause we do have an ask BNG later on this topic, but I did want to save something for my boys over at the dump and change podcast. You know, I, 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 yeah, I, I think people just love to feed their own agenda sometimes when they see things, they immediately want to react and say, Don Sweeney sucks at drafting, and this is another prospect that we overrated and so forth and so on. And maybe we have overrated. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't pan out to be much. Who, who knows? I don't know. But I, what I do know is that he's at Michigan. He's producing. You know, he's a sophomore. He's, uh, you know, he's is he a sophomore. Or, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he seems to have some size and some skill and some skating ability. He's got a really good burst and stride. And, you know, for a guy or a kid with size and, you know, they just continue to develop him. We'll see what happens after this year, if he continues on another year or what he does. But I think it's I think he has some some tools. It speaks also to the the amount of talent that the United States has now as far as American players, young American players, that they can put together a squad and lose a guy like John Beecher and still put out a really good product as one of the you know, one of the favorite teams and you know, all those high picks and you know the boldies and and those guys that are just really good talented players. And years ago, US would never be able to you know, cut a guy like John Beecher and, and maintain talent. So it speaks to American hockey and this, you know, the advances that have been there too. So that's a good sign for, for them. Uh, but I, I, I'm like, I like what I see from Beecher. I think the jury's still out, but I think he's, he's got a chance to be, you know, a decent contributor another two, three years or whatever to the Bruins and see, see where it goes. But it's a tough situation for him to, to test positive and then get cut. And uh, the one good thing about it is that as long as college hockey remains during this COVID stretch, uh, he can still play at Michigan and get some, some really good competition and play hockey. So not, not a lot of guys can play hockey right now. So no, I guess that's, that's one good consolation. That's true. And, and I just want to just clarify something that um, his point production has gone down this season. So he's not putting the points in, but he's doing a lot of other different things. Mel Pearson's putting him in uh, coach of the, the Wolverines just putting him into some really interesting situations. Um, and, and who knows? I mean, you, this is a tough year. 2020 is tough for everybody uh, for humanity, whether you're in North America or, or surrounded around the world, but uh, you, your mind might not be all into it until we get back to like some normalcy. Right. True. Jack, I true, mean, true. Uh, you know, uh, you know, his, his development is not going to take a step back because of what's going on. Maybe he had issues and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying concussions, but just thinking about everything that's going on, everybody's going into the situation, very uh, day-to-day progression, day-to-day planning. The NCAA mm-hmm. is just, 
you know, it's, it's tough. The USHL is doing the same thing. They, they have games planned, but they, they, they um, cancel games or reschedule them because of COVID stuff. So all this pays a, a heavy, heavy weight on everybody's mind, not just freaking sports people and sports players. It's, it's, uh, it's on everybody. So uh, right. don't, don't knock his point production right now because of, of what's going on. I think that he's right. still got a lot more to go. I mean, look at his freshman year. I think he did really good in his first year of NCAA competition. And, you know, so mm. that's just my two cents. Yeah, I think Cole, Cole Caulfield, actually, who's a top prospect with the Canadians and widely regarded as a very good prospect, said that Beecher was one of the players to watch. And he, he really liked Beecher a lot as a player. So I think he still has some from, good reputation. That's coming from a guy from the, uh, another big Ten school. I know it. I know it. Wisconsin and Michigan. They Wisconsin, Michigan, Canadians and Bruins. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. They have everything going against them and he still likes Beecher a lot. So I'm, you know, I think, I think we're still in good shape with John Beecher, hopefully. Um, Next item. Bruins are the fifth most valuable franchise in the NHL, according to Forbes magazine. Uh, Not, I guess, no, when I think about it, I guess not a not a great surprise. I mean, it's a big market team, and they've had a lot of tremendous success, and they have an owner with big big pockets, and well, he doesn't he doesn't typically go into them sometimes, but he does have a lot of money, and and I guess it I guess I tagged them more as a top ten, but fifth was fifth was uh, pretty impressive. So I didn't know if in I know what people are going to say now that you know they don't spend any money, that's why they have all this money, and that's not true. That's not true. So stop that. That's a that's a bad old tired narrative from the Harry Sinden days. That's not true. Um, but they are a very valuable franchise right now and in really good financial standing. So I I didn't, I didn't know what your thoughts are on on how uh, on what you thought of when you heard that they were fifth overall. Well, I'm just happy that they're not going under at least this year. Um, they usually are one of the most probably because again, I mean the original six teams. Four of the, oh, actually, I guess they, no, all five of the teams are original six teams. So I guess that's just branding and marketing and building your product over a hundred years. But it doesn't shock me of that money because the money doesn't, the weird thing about, (laughs) the ironic thing is that the thing that makes the Jacobs family the least amount of money is the Boston Bruins of all the things that they have in their portfolio, you know, between the banking and, you know, it's not, like we like to remind people, it's not just at the garden that he's losing revenue on the thing. He, his company, they have almost every concession stand anywhere you're going to go and need to buy a hot dog or whatever on any stadium, baseball, football, uh, college, all down. Um, at the same time, I'm just happy that, well, if he's that high, at least we know that the Bruins aren't going to be, we're not looking like we're the coyotes. We're not going to be able to get through this with the money wise. That doesn't mean they're not going to keep losing money i mean no one's saying that but at least that's helpful that our franchise might be able to make it through but if the league doesn't make it through then what the hell does it matter right so uh i just thought it was interesting um i don't remember the order i think it might i think it was chicago montreal toronto or rangers toronto boston were the top five nhl franchises and i wasn't shocked because those are the type of jerseys that even if you're not a fan of them, that you'll go the player that you like on their team, you'll specifically get, you know? So, and I just thought it was kind of interesting. Good to know at least five of the teams will probably make it through the pandemic. We'll be back to the original six before you know it, you know? 
Stay with us, Detroit. Stay with us. We're going to need you guys to buy a lot of jerseys for your team yeah. this year. Those practice jerseys. Yeah, let's, let's sell those. those. sexy practice jerseys. Something you, you could have bought 10 years ago. Oh, my God. They're so, they have such a gorgeous logo, too. You know, and, and maybe I'm biased because I was raised, you know, my father's yeah. family is from Detroit, and they're all huge. I have more Stanley Cup craft from Detroit than I do from Boston at this point in my life, you know, kind of thing. That's but true. Um, why? Why? Again, why would you do that to them? They've had a long enough year. Why would you give them? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's a signature, definitely a signature logo for sure in the in the league. I mean, absolutely. And I I agree. Some of them were head scratches. Uh, I'm I'm really I'm really starting to come around on the Bruins one. I, I'm getting past the 80s, you know, the, retro the, retro the whole shit thing. Like I'm, I'm getting past the 80s thing because I really wanted the 80s thing. But now I'm getting past it. I've done pouting like oh, it's fine. Like I. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I like the gold color. It's better than that yellow stuff in the late nineties with, uh, you know, Jason Allison skating around in his poo bear. That was nonsense. But, uh, but I do like, I do, I do sort of like the, the retro retro, not as nice as the BNG production. Yeah. Not. Those, those threads right. are killer. Save yourself $200. Buy one of our jerseys. I know it. I know. You I'm know. not buying our jersey, but I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, the Boston jersey. Uh, I encourage everyone to buy the black and gold jerseys. Yeah. I'm going to hold out that 270 and get the sexy Colorado throwback Nordiques jersey. That's, Ooh, what, that's a nice one. I do yeah, like that one. That's, yeah. My cup of tea. It's it's because I hate I can't yell with the yellow, any shade of the yellow. People are like, yeah, but you're a Bruins fan. Did I pick the team colors? Because if I did, I'm pretty sure it'd be black on black. I'm just saying. Right. Um, right. But, yeah. Overall, like overall, I think the Bruins fans are are lucky to have a team that's good financial standing, one of the top financial you know standing teams in the in the league, and uh, they've actually done a really good job putting together a really great product over the last few years. Because again, back in the even in the nineties and, you know, even in the late eighties when they were, where they were good, they always didn't seem to be good enough. And, and now they really make efforts to, to put, you know, to put a Stanley cup contender out there. And, um, and I think it's very, we're very fortunate people who remember those other days, uh, you know, feel, feel lucky that, that they are able to have the means financially to go out and try to, they need to spend the cap to try to win. And they they've done that the last few years. So um, I think it's a really good thing for sure. Before we take okay. a break. Oh, go ahead. Heather. Well, I was just going to mention, cause I had just said Nordiques. I, I wanted to mention that I saw come through on Twitter uh, that Pierre LaCroix, who used to be a GM for, is that what you're going to say? I wasn't going to say that. No, but oh, okay, I do. But I, I, it he, did come up in my mentions on yeah. Twitter too. Yeah. And he, uh, he passed away and um, I mean, oh, there's man. probably a lot of people don't necessarily know. I only really know him as the Nordiques GM guy. Yeah. I know he was a player before then. And he was with the team when they moved to Colorado and got him established as the avalanche. Um, and I just wanted to say thoughts and prayers to the family um, in the Colorado slash Nordique universe and NHL and all the people that were affected with him and his life and it was important to him so thoughts and prayers to them we feel i feel like we're losing a lot of uh people lately you know and i don't know yeah. if it's we oh, don't we're getting older heather come on yeah yeah when you get older that's one of the problems with getting older yes um, I, I just met in the nhl thank you for reminding me we're all older okay? <laughs> like to point out, i am not the oldest you need another reminder to the show let me know way, way to come out and say that heather. you're the youngest on the i'll crew. put that on I'm the, the agenda every week <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, uh, I just want. Uh, before we take a, a break and hear from the great folks at Store Next Door, just to touch on this so- uh, subject. When these rankings come out, it's really important to understand that these are based on assets. So what that, and I'm not, a, I'm not a, um, a business major or an economics major at all, but I know when I read an article from Forbes or anything like that, you, 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 you find the fine details and stuff like this. So he is rated that at, as, as a ranking, but that's not what they bring in every year, especially going through a pandemic. If you hate him, that's fine. If you like him, whatever. He got you a Stanley Cup, whatever. <laughs> it's still a business. So these rankings are just, you know, when he when when folks attack him for like, oh, you're you're worth this much and you can't pay that. They really need to differentiate the idea of what he has in cash value and what he has in in real estate and business stuff and so on. So I think there's a big big. Uh, mix up when people think about that yeah i think i think so too i think yeah i i think that's a very good point and what people don't really understand what the val- what value entails i think that's a very very true statement i mean and, the company uh, that i work for is worth 2.9 billion dollars and i know for a fact that that's all in assets and right. they and and i'm, I, I'm not going to say the company but we do right. a ton of stuff for for uh airlines and the airline business is has taken a dive. Yeah, big time. But they yeah. still have they still have the high ranking of, oh, let's just say you lost a um a couple, so now you're worth two point two billion. That's hmm. it, all in like real estate, right? And all your inventory yeah, for sure. you have so in these places. Right. You gotta think about that stuff and just say, oh, he's got the money. They're a billionaire. They don't have to worry right. about it. Right. You do have to I, worry. Yeah, I think I think you do, and I think if after this season, you're really going to have to take a look at the financial standing of some of these teams going forward. Because I think you'll see another year where salaries take another hit, and guys who are up for free agency after this coming year, I think you're going to see another trickle effect. Because I don't think it'll be repaired for another year or two after that, depending on TV deals and not with a flat cap and, too, and with a flat cap, and we're getting the crowds back in and all that. It's going to take a couple of years to at least to rebound for some of those teams. So I think that's, that's a very. I, I was thinking the other day, I was wondering if maybe going forward we're going to see a lot more PTOs. That if the money's not there. If you're used to making six million and now you can only get four million, and it's not from a drop in your talent, but you can get some of these little leagues that you have to do really, you're, you get to basically kind of like Joe Thornton likes to do, right? He's Joe Thornton, so of course he's good at what he does, but just being Joe Thornton carries a lot of clout and can get him a good paycheck. Sure. You know what I mean? Makes you wonder if some of those like middle players that still have a lot of their career to go might not elect to instead of sign free agency take a year, make a chunk, and then come back and then take the pay cut on the NHL level. Hey, one last thing before we break, boys. I just happened to look at Charitable because I'm obsessive and I know it's all arbitrary and it goes up and down. But this, yeah, last night when I went to bed, we're at 86. And I was like, yay. And I, I had to think I DM'd you guys yesterday. I'm so excited. We might stay in the top 100 all week. We are at number 36 again. So thank you, whoever oh. in the last 24 to 48 hours has been downloading it without us. We're just recording the new podcast drop so although this will be tomorrow and the new one will drop or whatever when you hear it boys we went up 50 slots overnight thank you very much whoever's out there that loves us boom shakalaka all around guys that's awesome 36 was the highest on monday and then it fluctuates a little bit but we're awesome 
and we stay in the uh, top 100. Also, I want to give a shout out to our boy, Trent. Um, uh, and he was the originator of the, the uh, Boston Bruins table hockey game. We had him on here mm-hmm. as a guest. But I did throw out a little shot on the, on the old Facebook and just say, hmm, I know a trio of uh, Bruins uh, media members. Uh, I'd say we're media. I can't say that. But mm-hmm. I, would, I, I just threw a shot out there that we'd all look pretty good in that game right next to Derek Sanderson and John Cusick. So Fred, Fred. Fred, Fred John sorry, Cusick. not the actor. Fred, yeah, Fred. And, and he reached out and said he's on it. So wow. we could have a trio. The Black and Gold Hockey Podcast could that's be sitting tremendous. next to legends oh, in a legendary fantastic. building. So that's this awesome. Did you guys see the Luchador got, a, got one? Yeah. I yeah, know. I did. Very that was excited. funny. Yeah. yeah. Was that was so so happy. Funny. I was so happy that they, he didn't put the meth bear on it. Yeah. That's I was really like, cool. yep. No, yeah, I was very excited to see that. I was like, yeah, Lucha's in. Um, it was, I obviously like, we'll see thing, but um, I'm just happy to even be like considered. I know we were joking when we had Mr. Bueller on, but um, I would die really of pure joy if like I see a picture and we're there because that would be so I'm bad. just a crazy Bruins fan. I'm certainly not as crazy as a luchador and you know, the. <laughs> you know, the Hogan's and of the world and our Xana dudes or whatever out there. I mean, uh, I, I would like to see um, if uh, Trent is listening, uh, someone else who I think dancing guy with the crazy suit. Remember he was always oh there God, with the, the hat the and he had the thing. Yeah. Like yeah. somehow if we could get an electronic dancing guy in there in honor of the original mustache dancer <laughs> up in there. So All right. that's it boys. That's exciting. Can you imagine? That'd be so badass. But what, what is badass is you still have time to order something really good from recycled hockey sticks from the great folks at the store next door. Go to the thestorenextdoor.ca. It's a Yarmouth, Nova Scotia-based company doing great things for awesome people. And, and listen, they have Adirondack chairs, uh, picture frames, tables, um, pucks that hold your toothbrush or a pen in the office. It, it, just a ton of stuff. And we also have a great, great assortment of their uh, items for our uh, Patreon listen to giveaways. We'll, we'll talk about that later on. But listen, hear from the great folks at the store next door.ca. Go buy some stuff. Uh, support these guys. They are awesome people, as, as already said. But we will be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs one stick at a time. Our gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. 
Hey, Bruins fans, we're back. We just heard from the great folks at the storenextdoor.ca up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. They ship internationally, so please remember uh, there's still enough time to get some, um, some uh, Christmas stuff. Buy something up there, support a great company, and uh, glad to have them with us and, and, and glad that they're doing so good that they're shipping internationally. So uh, let's get back to the topics, huh, Matt? Absolutely. Uh, and a shout-out to Andrew Raycroft, former Bruins goaltender, current Nesson analyst. He helped deliver some holiday cheer and some trees to Hanscom Air Force Base, another example of the Bruins organization, uh, reaching out to the community, especially during this time, and always nice to see. Isn't it, Heather? Yeah, no, I, that's why I think that I just like, yeah. sorry, I just wanted to make sure I had the VGs up for after. So I, cause I keep spacing oh, okay. out. I'm sorry. Sunday morning practice. <laughs> I think it's, I, we just say, we know everybody else's team's awesome and they have people who go out there, but when you literally take, we can't always just only care about what's going on with our veterans and soldiers and such when it's veterans day or Memorial. And we always say that. So like, this is a big thing that the Bruins do and they donate so that the soldiers feel everybody has a tree and things like that. And the soldiers help distribute them. And it was just like fun. And they seemed like they were having fun. He was hanging out with the boys down there for a while and going on and just another, not for anything, but I know Ray Croft went away, but he's back. He's one, you know, he back to not came back home to the fold. He's a Bruins guy again. And just want to say, um, shout out obviously to our troops home and abroad. Thank you for everything. Uh, you guys have the toughest job, uh, always, but I'm sure in the climate in which you serve, it is not exactly, it's twice as hard to just kind of do what you do. You uphold, you know, you uphold this country. You, you carry us on your back. You protect us so the rest of us can act like apparently lunatics on every corner of the world. And uh, thank you guys, and thank you, uh, Raycroft and the Bruins for helping them with, uh, you know, spreading the joy, especially for the families that are home and their loved ones are abroad right Absolutely. now. And Absolutely. And um, uh, just to dovetail on what Heather was saying, um, you know, Christmas is one of those holidays, you know, um, along with Thanksgiving and so on, where family, it, it's, it's camaraderie to get together and uh, be with one each other, uh, be, be with um, one another. But uh, these soldiers that are fighting for um, our freedom on a daily basis uh, without a care in the world, they have a job in the, they have a job that I know they do care. But uh, it's important to them to um, to know that because I wish that everybody can come home for that one day and, uh, and be with family and then depart after to go and return. But unfortunately, in times like this and, and, and since we've been a country and uh, what year? 1773? Technically, the right? declaration was... 76? Oh. Yeah, technically yeah. 76. But we technically haven't been a nation History fall. since... But hey, 73, they were preparing. The I mean, it Paris wasn't they just didn't show up. And, all of that, and I'm all about but... development. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They're I'm all about history. So there you go. Know, right? Here's a little no, lesson. I love civics. And so, no, go ahead. Ser ask seriously, it, it's just, it's just, so, it means so much to me to be where I am sitting right now without, uh, and knowing that those guys are out there doing that. So no question. Mm -hmm. Here's to um, still being a nation in 2073. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully. Um, along those same lines, Chris Wagner joined Sammy Davis and the Boston Pride, the women's hockey team, and taking the Polar Plunge Challenge to benefit TRF. That's not something, Polar Plunge just, it just makes my blood temperature just drop 
just thinking about it, but uh, it's nice to see, you know, the Bruins and the, and the women's team get together. And I know uh, Heather, you're a big proponent of the women's program, women's hockey. And it's nice to see the Bruins players uh, join up with the Boston pride. Yeah. Over the last year, there's a bet, not that there hasn't been mutual kind of, you know, on board, but they are obviously different, you know, separate organizations. It's not like, we've talked about this. It's not like the WNBA has, you know, they're all paired with their, and um, uh, so rookie Sammy Davis, she took the 24 plunges in 24 days challenge, you know, challenge people to do that. And Chris Wagner got on board, good Massachusetts boy supporting. I mean, they do. The kind of things. I the agree with you about the polar plunge. Um, and I'm someone who likes cold. It doesn't bother me very much. Like even like yesterday we're at the rink and everyone's like doing the, like, and I'm like, God, it's not even that cold in here. Like, what are you talking about? But it reminds me of when I was a kid, well, like a teenager and you're stupid and going swimming at Hampton Beach in February in my underclothes. And if it's cold in June, let me tell you how cold it is in February. So Bravo, because they, they do them often for many things, you know, I know they've done them for ALS and this. So good on both of them. Good on rookie making her name and, you know, out the gate giving back to the community and getting in the pride are very big on giving back. I know they do learn to skates and they do everything and just, you know, whatever you can do to keep moving it forward, you know? And uh, so Jimmy that's Davis really all I'd say. More awesome. First round draft pick. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Been out there. So, and the girls have all been ramping up. Oh my God. On the side note, did you it's see the pride in Toronto six chirping each other yesterday yeah. on Twitter? It was hilarious. <laughs> You're pretty excited for that. Only one when there were five teams in the league or whatever, like you want. Right. Oh my God. That was funny until they finally were told to go to their bedrooms by the end yeah. That was funny, but no, anyways, good on them. Um, it's always nice to see, especially, you know, young players coming out, you know, no matter male, female, whatever, and really, coming out swinging to try and be a representative and give back to the community and get on board with all of that. And that just shows the solid human beings. And that's what we like, right? We don't, you can be solid on the ice. That's great, but we want you to be solid human beings all around. So much Absolutely. love to both of them and good luck. I, I, if you haven't already reached the 24, you probably have by now. I'm sure you've had other people do it with you, but um, good luck in that. And I hope you make it. Unfortunately, I don't think me and Matt are going to be two of the people in the No, I'll, I'll be a spectator in that, uh, that one. But uh, but it's great to see. Uh, and, and another quick uh, tidbit about Boston Pride, former Boston Pride player Dina Pang honors Travis Roy enjoys a big idea research project as well. So another another great, uh, you know, Boston Pride. And, I, and I'm just sort of learning about the Boston Pride. I'll be honest, since I joined BNG, just sort of learning Boston Pride and what what their team's about, what they do and who's involved with them and. You know, nothing but great things from them. And, and hopefully when they get past COVID and so forth, they can really continue to grow because I think it's great. I think it's great for women's hockey. I think it's great for the youth, uh, girls' youth, uh, to, to have some, male, some uh, female role models in, in hockey. And uh, they do some great things for sure. Yeah, I, I just want to touch on the Boston Pride as well as uh, their head coach by former Boston Bruins and longtime NHL uh, player, Paul Mara. And, uh, and, and I believe their organization is run by, I think her name is Kathy Peach or Pinch. Or uh, Pilch. Pilch. Yeah. Pilch. yeah. Is, is it Kathy? I'm terrible the name. Uh, I think it might be Karen. I think Karen. it's Karen. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Karen you're right. Pilch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so bad with names. I'm sorry if I hacked it and she, if she's listening, that'd be great first and foremost, but uh, <laughs> I apologize for hacking your name, but no, I mean, just, just, 
I watched uh, pretty much every game on Twitch last year. It was unbelievable. I'd be in here in the B&G office editing articles or doing some kind of audio edit. And I'd have that on, on Twitch watching the games mm. and very entertaining. And I, I, um, I, I really want to go and watch a live game. I have not done that yet. But um, by the way, if anybody wants to cover the Boston Pride for the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast or the uh, blackandgoldhockey.com website, uh, I would gladly buy a season ticket to have your ass in the seat if you can't get in as a media credentialed member. So um, that would be freaking Great awesome. Opportunity. Well, until yep. we find the right person, we will do our best to kind of just yeah. keep the girls in the mentions. Hey, as they're the black and gold club. too. So our they are. I want our, our blood's the same. So I want one of their black jerseys. We'll have to get Coach Myra on and. Uh... Yeah, I was actually Irish. thinking that. I wonder if before they he follows me on Twitter, so I'll, I'll probably reach out to him. Yeah, because their their seasons, you know, they're going to the their Lake Placid, and that starts on the twenty fifth of January. I thought maybe we could see, sure. but, you know, maybe we can get a little out there. But just generally, that, that league's great. I mean, they're so active on social media, and they're all out there. And I mean, just I don't know. Like I said, again, yeah. being old enough to remember when a lot of girls were told they couldn't even play sports. You know what I mean? Like to right. see, I love watching it just grow everywhere. You know what I mean? And uh, right. until you these, saw Shiloh Nickus by you and it just absolutely make you look like a fool. Yeah. Well, right. um, yeah. So that, oh, they're just great. They're awesome. But that sharpening yesterday, I was just, I was couldn't the Lion King wannabe like thing or whatever. Yeah. They, oh, cause it all started over. Oh, I'm, I think the Riveters or something said, like, I'm trying to think of what ugly sweater to wear. Oh, no, it was the Connecticut whale trying to think of what ugly sweater to wear for the holidays later. And uh, the pride said, well, let's help you out and put the, the Toronto six on. I'm sorry. It just don't correct me. <laughs> it. Because now, you know what I think is so funny? Because I mean, and I'm sure I'll get slashed for this. I, mean, I don't know. We live in a world world where I think I'm too old to be a modern woman, but too, you know, because I'll everyone, I don't get mansplained to men get bitch slapped. If they try to mansplain to me, I'm just saying like, I don't need to like the, things like that, but it's nice to see women being able to be fun caddy. You know what I mean? Like it's not often because we are inundated in a world where it's like reality TV and all you ever see is like wine induced, like, girl drama. fights going on in extension drama train coming at you <laughs> yeah it turns out women can share up with the best of them and not have to be totally crazed exactly. lunatics about it too and, yeah. <laughs> hockey players yeah and i mean total total boston attitude the pride had and i, yeah. I love it nice nice um, oh, girls good luck i'm so excited that you guys uh, are going back next item on the agenda the providence bruins boy they might have to find a new home and i know uh mark is a Prospect guy or minor league hockey guy loves it passionately. Uh, what are the details surrounding or some of the rumors surrounding the Providence Bruins? All right. I wrote an article about this um, on Boston, uh, in blackandgoldhockey.com. I got a little tip from a very, very reliable source that I'm, I'm so happy to have. Um, and I got to tell you, 100% so far on every little tip that I've gotten. So let's see how this one rolls. But um, the AHL is just going through a really tough time right now. And they even were pre-COVID. So, they, I mean, Providence did get not eight to 9,000 on a regular basis. They were, they were pretty much third or fourth in the AHL for attendance. But I believe those numbers are derived by season ticket um, buyers. 
and and maybe a lot of them are not showing up to the games on the regular and and a, their numbers are also derived by asses in the seats by non-season ticket members but you know as a media member down there i support them i'm a huge fan of them and so on but a lot of the nights that i just didn't see um a lot and of fans and i just the providence bruins are not owned by the boston bruins it's just they're one of the 20 teams in the league that are independently run uh, and it's a business and so on i believe that owner uh larue renfrow renfrow is um i mean the guy's a smart hockey guy and so on but he might want to like stop paying for certain things like overhead costs because he does not own the Providence. Uh, I'm sorry, not the, the uh, Dunkin' Donut Center. Doesn't own that. He rents that on a yearly basis to have his team go there. And in COVID times, it's very, very hard to do because it, you need to pay rent even now. It's You're in right. a contract. It's got to be, you know what I mean? Sure. Save money. What I'm hearing is that the Providence Bruins could possibly find a home in Marlboro, Massachusetts mm-hmm. for the upcoming 2021 season for the COVID times. Don't pay rent over at the, uh, the uh, Dunkin' Donuts Center. Bring it closer to home. Nobody's going to be there anyway. So downsize right. down. Their biggest rink in Marlboro at the North, uh, uh, New England Sports Center which is a is one of the biggest facilities in North America and possibly could be the biggest facility in the world. Yeah. Is is just a place that makes sense for a guy that doesn't want to pay rent anymore and have something on his own property. And I hear yeah. that he owns property around the New England uh uh sports center area that he can definitely build an arena that could hold uh, three to 5,000 seats. Right. Now, here's another thing is I reached out and I did this article with, with a lot of research and so on and reaching out to certain people. Um, I reached out to uh, some American Hockey League writers and NHL writers that both told me that is exactly what might be going on, Mark. Is it happening? I can't tell you, but it is making news that a lot of the NH- AHL teams are going to start putting their development in front of business. So by doing that, you're going to have to downsize on your arenas and season ticket holders to, to like 3,000. It's almost going to be like what's going on in the Canadian juniors right now. Right. Those facilities are only like three to 5,000. Some of them get to 10,000, but there's ve- they're very few and far between. Right. Smaller arenas, good ice, and... And listen, for those that are saying no, no, no right now, LaRue Renfro has a affiliation agreement with the Boston Bruins. That doesn't mean that he's tied to Providence. He could right. move the team wherever he wants in the world. I know it's not going to happen. But he could make that happen as long as he has the adequate and approval status of 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 um the ice the training facility the locker room if the boston bruins sign off on that he can take them right there yeah yeah i I don't i think it's a pretty good idea i mean i if you can downsize and 
reminds me of the up in here in Maine, Lewiston uh, Colisee up here in, in Maine had the Lewiston Maniacs for a while playing the Quebec Junior Hockey League. Uh, now they Maniacs. have another junior team. Um, I remember the Maniacs. The Lewiston Maniacs, yeah. And yeah. then Sidney Crosby played against them with Vermouski. Yeah. Jonathan uh, Bernier, one of my favorite yeah, goaltenders. Jonathan Bernier played, played for the Maniacs. Absolutely. Goaltender. Uh, so it reminds me of that kind of venue. And I think that's a good idea. I mean, why not? I mean, at this time, it might be a chance, like you said, to look at development instead and and see if you can cut some costs and not only maybe cut costs now, but make it so that he now has an asset that he can move on with and not have to rent. And, and it's a time maybe to position himself to do that. So I, well, I would think it would be a smart move. Another thing that makes sense is, is, is just cutting off the whole rent thing. It's like, if, if his team's not doing good and he's not selling a ton of tickets, like possibly a, a max of 5,000, he has a 10 rink facility to back that whole thing up. Right. He's not losing his freaking, his ass. Right. I mean, it just, um, it, one thing I just want to clarify on this is I've met so many dear hearted, passionate Providence Bruins fans that are probably listening to this right now after I wrote that article. And I mentioned that I'm going to say this anyway, my heart's with you and, because Providence is just a really good hockey town. Manchester, Manchester, New Hampshire, another solid hockey town that got ripped yep. out. I feel it. I feel it. But when it comes to business, I just think that the AHL is going to be going down <clears throat> to an area where it's more development right. about development and less about the business. Right. And that's a, that's a ride down what 140. That's not that far. Marlboro oh. to Providence at all. People, people maybe not. It's 10 steps closer if you need a call up. Right. Sure. And it's really not that far if you are a Providence native and love the Providence Bruins to, to drive over there. It's not that far. Heather, you, so. you've been to that facility, haven't you? I did. I haven't been a lot like you. I'm not a frequent flyer, but yeah, I've been down over there. Not for a lot of things, but it's giant. I, I just don't know if it's designed, though, for like a perfect, you know what I mean? I know that the AHL does have a, a minimum where you can operate. But for this upcoming season, that might be waived just to get your team playing and so mm -hmm. on and getting these games in and practicing and blah, 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 and kind of creating your own little type of bubble. Yeah. But I, I like that it's saving money. And um, I think before when you were kind of in your research stage and I'd mentioned, I said, you know, most people who own swaths of land like that, and if he doesn't eat, maybe that's something to look for in the future, having a different rink, you know what I mean? And move yeah. the permanently. But I think for this year, especially with state borders, I mean, we can't even go visit Matt right now without there being, you I, have I to know. stay home. Yeah. Right. You know, let alone like, and this is part of, <laughs> right. And this is part of the, right. This is part of the reason, right? Like the Canadian division is happening. So like, it does kind of make sense to move them to save the money and, they are close enough, I guess, that if had to be that the P Bruins, who would then be the Marlboro Bruins, really, they it's only an hour, you know, about 45 minutes, whatever hour back to Boston. So I guess, in essence, they could also use the facilities that they have at um, the Warrior Ice Center. I almost said the Isabel Cup because I was thinking of the girls. But um. I don't know. I think it's a good idea. Long-term, we'll see what happens. Like you said, right now, the AHL just has to figure it out. Developmentally, though, yeah. I, I, I think going, the AHL should be about development. 
and you hopefully you make money, but. And a tentative date it, right now is, is, is February 5th for them to come back. Yeah, they're still... now, now the NHL is looking at the 13th, as we talked about earlier in the show. So I wonder if, if the, if the NHL is solid and they do get back on the 13th of next month, does that increase the AHL to want to get back closer to, to have that feeder system? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that the AHL probably hold where they're at, but the interest, it, it's kind of hard to figure out until the NHL decides what they're doing with the squads. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. oh, you know what you, you can carry five extra of the squads. Yeah. The so system too would work. Yeah. Right. So it might be that those people that are kind of the taxi squad, you know, that are going to be on sort of both teams say for in essence, they might head into camp and start the people who are real, really, really have a shot of maybe making the actual team, you know, those top guys that if they're not on the team, you know, they'll be on the taxi squad, having them start up with the NHL in their training camps and then join their AHL affiliate for when their training camp start. You know what right. I mean? Yep. Because if the if they don't start until later, but you want them in shape a little ahead of time, obviously for the reasons the call up. So I think that's going to be hard to call until the NHL figures out exactly what the heck they're going to need slash allow teams could, to do. That theory could play well also considering the call the cup playoffs. Because you'll have uh, one ahead of the other uh, when they're when they're playing, and if you need to call somebody up, bam, nice and stretched, ready to go, no no downtime or anything like that. So right, very true. Um, next item on the agenda, another minor league uh, is the ECHL. Of course, up here in Maine, they've decided to uh, cancel the season, but down south, Jacksonville, ECHL has started up, and two Bruins prospects, Kyle Kaiser, the Goalie and Matt Philippe uh, forward uh, have uh, begun and sent down there and assigned there to uh, play. Kaiser played the other night. Uh, I like Philippe. Philippe is an interesting case for me. He was a former third round pick of the Hurricanes, decided to go to college, didn't sign the ELC. So they lost his rights and the Bruins signed him. He's a 22 year old. Played four years of college, was an alternate captain, scored 75 points in his career at Northeastern. He's he's a he's sort of a dark horse type of prospect. I mean, we'll see in the next it'll probably have to show up in the next year or two if he's really has a chance. But I kind of I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued by him. And uh, Mark, I didn't know your thoughts on Kaiser the other night and Philippe. Uh, let's start with Philippe, um, a solid kid, solid uh, NCAA prospect, uh, free agent signing. Um, he has not been in action in the past two games. I think that possibly might be quarantining issues and might be in the action uh, next weekend when they play, I believe the Orlando solar bears. Um, but uh, Kaiser got into action on Friday night um, after a long battle of uh, concussion related issues last season. He, I think he got into like two games or six games with the Providence Bruins or maybe no, even less. Yeah, it was way less. Uh, and like one or two games with Atlanta and uh, pretty much shut it down for the year. And that was actually his third concussion in a year. Uh, he had two concussions a year before when he was still playing with the Oshawa Generals. So uh, and, and, and in that year with two concussions, he still put up a 38 and eight freaking record uh, before leaving the uh, OHL for professional hockey 
in the uh, American Hockey League. So he's just going through a tough time right now. And I the the affiliation air quote, and I'm doing it on on the uh, on the YouTube version too. Is uh, it there's no um solid ground that there's an affiliation right now, but there might be an agreement to just have players there. But they're also not labeled as loaned players to a certain team, which is intriguing to me that you didn't dif- differentiate on the terminology of what it actually is. You were either in agreement or you're not, but regardless, you you still have some players there and you have some more coming. So you have uh, Kyle Kaiser and Matt Philippi there. And uh, coming down the ropes uh, after quarantine time is Jack Ashan, the defenseman from St. Cloud uh, State, NCAA, uh, a Tory crew prototype. Uh, Got to love it for all the haters out there that, that uh, keep fucking saying that they don't want this to keep happening, but guess what? The Bruins keep picking them up and signing them. So, um, and he's, uh, do to go through his quarantining time and be hopefully available by next weekend and, and look for more, more uh, AHL players uh, on two way deals that could also get time down in Jacksonville. So I expect this team to be better. And with that being said, let's go to uh, Kyle Kaiser. Um, I think that it was a tough first game. I mean, he played really well, squared to the puck a lot, had a good glove, not so good glove. But his athleticism is is so there, and his his reaction down low, side to side, lateral is is really there, and there's a lot to work on. So I think that with the AHL and what's going on and their day to day conversations, are going to filter down to some people down at the East Coast League that are going to need some time too. So I expect that team to be better and more structured in front of Kaiser, uh, to be a better a better goaltender and develop to increase his development. So tough game for him. He gave up six, I think six goals. I honestly, I honestly watched a lot of the game, but I was just like, there's no support for the kid. I'm going to move on to another prospect because I have freaking nine TVs in this freaking office. So I just moved on to another Mm -hmm. one and just kind of, you know, focus my subject on, I think Mason Lowry that night. So yeah, uh, a lot of good things happening, but um, you know, We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Heather, did you see uh, any thoughts on any of these guys? Um, I'm just glad they have a place to go and play. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's apparently they're playing mostly with Nashville, I believe, prospects down there. Um, because they are, Winnipeg. I think. Is it Winnipeg? Yeah, Nashville's was, was, Nashville's was uh, Atlanta. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. But because nope. they have the direct connection and we just, I'm glad they have a spot to play because. Especially like, uh-huh. you know, Kaiser, you see, you know, he had his concussions. He's in, you know, he was making progress and then he had, you know, kind of got knocked back, not like literally, you know, and um, just anything, get, getting them on there. But I, the biggest thing is I can think is, isn't the ironic thing is the only hockey we definitely know might happen, you know, on that le- level. It's like the South hockey is back, baby, in the South. That's where they're all going to be because they're the only ones playing Northeast, half of them. Um, the middle section of the country, most of that, so weird uh, whatever, you know, with Toledo and all of them, most of them elected not to play, you know what I mean? And some of them was still, so. Yeah, the whole North division. And with the age, like we, these guys that are, you know, these players that are already kind of in the systems and so, you know, it's nice that 
I mean, if you have to make those rosters bigger to accommodate, you just, you hate to see people get a lost year. And this year has been a lost year for most people, just the way it rolled out, whether you played college, whether you played ECHL, whether you were OHL, whatever, you know, I mean, Quebec, everybody's development this year from might eyes all the way through, you know, the professional leagues has been really stunted and not you can only practice so much in your own home and everyone's had different. Can I skate like a rinks open where I'm from, but what they've been closed most places. And so well, I'm just one, happy to see they have a place to thing, be. That's one thing about the AHL that I love is like how centralized they are and, and, and how they, it, it really sucks to see Bridgeport 12 times. It really sucks to see freaking um, Springfield 12 times. But what that does is it creates a really locality of a schedule where you can travel and still practice on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So as they're moving around, they're also making plans to get ice time in certain areas. So they have one day off, which is normally a Monday because they play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday have Monday off Tuesday, skate somewhere to Wednesday, skate somewhere and so on. It's just, that's the way it works. And down at that level, it's all about development. So you have to be moving your body all the time because you never know we're going to get the recall. Um, next time on the agenda, back to the big club. Noah Hannafin trade rumors percolating. It's kind of like it. It's kind of like when you kick up some dust in your living room and it just it just re-enters the air. Noah Hannafin trade rumors just keep coming up every three or four weeks. Um, and now Max Pacioretty has been a name knocked around. Now I've been on the Hannafin train. I, I think. Hannafin would be a nice pickup. He has a, a affordable contract. I think at 4.85 a year and he's signed through, I think 24, 25. He's, he's only 23, former BC kid. He could play the left side of McAvoy. I like the idea. I don't know what you'd have to give up for him and, and all that. And right now the money's sort of tight. They're only about uh, three and a half million of cap space available and so forth. And Char is still out there. So, so who knows in that regard, Max Pacioretty, I like Max Pacioretty. You know, he's, he's fine. And he's you know a pretty good player and probably put in there with Krejci. I don't know what you'd have to give up or, and I don't know if I'm mortgaging, you know, much of the future or giving Brandon Carlo for him. I don't know. I just, maybe I haven't looked at it enough, but I, I'd much rather invest in Hannafin. I didn't know, uh, Mark, your thoughts on, on that. I like patches a lot. I, I really do. I'm not, I'm not denying his, his talent at all. I just don't think that he's the finisher that would excel in Boston and, mm-hmm. and the system that uh, Bruce Cassie is operating behind the bench. Mm-hmm. I think he excels better in a Pete DeBoer system, which is more, wide range right wide open but not so defensive i don't right does that make any sense at all it does it does i think that's the same that's the same hesitation i have is that i just don't see him as that you know his his linking up like that i think this times and patches has has been great and other times he hasn't been so great and i don't know i just see him as an inconsistent player uh, coming to Boston and another inconsistent player that fans would get on. And I, I don't know. I just, there's something about it. I don't like, <laughs> I can't really put my finger on it. Totally on that. Heather, what do you yeah. think? Um, well, Matt does not know this. Mark knows this, that my love of Max 
patch already is my dirty little secret even when it was all monster whatever like i had that weird when chara took him out i was so happy that happened then it was still like oh my god i hope you're you're like all wrestling and like here's the turnbuckle bitch yeah like take a shower and um I really was an advocate for getting him when he went to go leave Montreal. Now that ship's left the boat. We can't, you know, if we're going to go bang for the buck, I don't disagree yeah. with you that the, it, like, I'm not sure this would be the best system for him. Um, but sometimes with individual play, like I think him and Krejci together would be a very sexy combination of like, just because Krejci is kind of that slow it down wizard moving fast, but I'm going slow, can slow it down, can create the space and openness that even if the system itself isn't, he tries to create that space. He's trying to do it for DeBrusque and DeBrusque sometimes stays on his feet and it works out. And then sometimes it doesn't, but, um, mm. but if you're going to go dollar for dollar and I, and you had said how you, you've been on that train a while. I mean, you're the conductor of the train. You have, I said, am. I've heard an elephant name more times out of like just <laughs> on this podcast and before, but yeah. um, I think if you're going to go dollar for dollar though, given the cap situation, you're going to have to give up. And I think Vegas made it clear because there were a lot of rumors going around yeah. about like teams, Boston, a couple, um, I feel like we had our opportunity and we didn't pull the trigger on that you know, a year ago or whatever. So pound for pound, Halifin's going to give us more return at this point because we're going to have to give up too much to even get match patched already just to see if it won't work out. You know what I mean? Uh, but I really do love him. And if for some reason he's willing to take $3.8 million. No, I'm just kidding. What do we have left of cap space? Three, two or something like that. Yeah, I, I, like I that. just wouldn't, I just wouldn't give up Carlo for someone like Patch yeah, already. No. I mean, I just wouldn't. Oh, absolutely. I think that that's what you'd have to do. I, mean, I don't see how they would do it any other way. I mean, maybe DeBrusque, but I would figure that they'd want more than DeBrusque. I mean, does it take DeBrusque and Lozon? Or I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just think that that's not enough of a needle mover for me. I've, you're right, Heather. I, I just have this thing about Noah Hannafin and what he could bring. And I may be way off base. He may come here and suck and, and all that, but I just, I just think it would be a good fit. I don't think he's reached his potential yet, but he's only 23. You know, he has some great tools and skill. He's a high draft pick. Like he's BC kid, put, put him with McAvoy, you know, in this culture. Oh my God. That I don't know. Amazing. I, I don't know. Oh, I just, I like I, I McAvoy pairing and a Carlo and Carlo and Grizzlick. Yo, and there you go. Geez. Like that's Jeez. now that's good. Like that's, yeah. that makes me feel better. Like, yeah. um, so I, I just, I don't know. I'm, uh, I, I just, I'm on that train and I don't know. It, it probably won't happen because the Bruins really have done a good job of throwing a bunch of rumors out there and deflecting the fact that they just aren't going to make any. Right. Um, and I think that they, some of it's sort of, they throw the, they throw the little nuggets out there. So the media will run with it and speculate. That's and then they, at the end of the day, the they closing meetings, Don yeah. and freaking Cam nearly double down. Yeah, no, yeah, and it was almost down. like they said something and they didn't back it up. Right, and it's almost like Jeremy Jacobs called him or Charlie Jacobs called him after that, and like, whoa, 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 what are you saying? Because we can't do that. Look at the books, we can't do that. And then they were like, oh, okay. But they waited till after Cam had reiterated it all, like not after when Don gave the. No one said, hey, hey, Cam, a... when you're giving yours later, maybe not reinforce that. They waited until both of them had done it, and then was like, Bang. right. What Heather was talking about is exactly the shot fire we talked about a couple of weeks ago. That's the right. one you would you said, Jesus guys, what right. are you doing? Right. I, I think it's I think what happened at the end of the day was 
one, the other teams really didn't value the Bruins players that they were offering as my, other than maybe Carlo. And I think that the Bruins are really hesitant to deal Carlo. Other than that, I don't think they have any prospects or any, anything to really, pretty high really wanted to John Moore. John Moore. <laughs> John Moore. And here's another case. If you play a 56-game season and John Moore has to play 40, 40. that's if they aren't if they aren't modifying that rule, yeah. he's gonna play the bulk of the season mm-hmm. to get him to the expansion list. Yep. Like that's an interesting point. Like if I'll they modified it and said, no, yeah. we'll drop it to 25 or something because you're not playing 82 then that'd be one thing, but I don't think they're doing that. So this, this is kind of shoots them in the foot. Like they have to make a decision on them. We have to play them. So maybe they play them on the third pair with Cliffy hockey there. And you know, if for 40 games of John Moore, I'll lose my mind. Like what you can do is still take a loss and wave them. You could, I mean, you could take a loss Two two seven five is, I know that, that contract is, and you're still going to be capped. capped when you pay him down there. Right. Right. So I, I, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting nugget to watch this season is how much they play him to see if they really want to get him to that expansion list because it really hinders them because they don't have 82 games instead of playing him half the year, they've got to play him, you know, three quarters of the year. Yep. And that's, uh, that's a big difference. Tough field to swallow. I just want to make it clear, Matt. I don't have an issue with Halifin. Um, Calgary's my West team. I like to watch. Uh, I've had, you know, for the, I, love how you I don't have an issue Halifin. with him coming here. It would be different <laughs> if Dougie Hamilton was still there and people talking about bringing him back here. I hate Dougie yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not against the Halifin trade. Um, I just have a crush on that scratch already. No, but I do think pound for pound, Halifin is definitely a better fit in the system as it comes and. Right. You know, I feel defensemen right. aren't done growing until they're done growing. And do you eat your halifin fried or baked with some ZD? Oh it sounds like a fish <laughs> uh, that you eat at dinner. No, it's Hannafin. <laughs> what I say, halifin? Yeah. yeah. It I sounds like halifin. I'm a fucking sounds shit like show today. Sounds like no you're, you're, you're eating to seafood. Oh my God, you're cracking me up. Can I just keep saying that? Say you something did. before. I was trying. I can't even say Pacioretty, for goodness sake. I can I barely trying. talk. I know. Uh, Sorry. Quiet. Never mind. Don't right. come here, Noah. Noah doesn't, Noah doesn't be, care. He's going to care if I say that when he gets here. You might want to come on now and correct you. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to DM him. Dear Noah, I have no idea awesome. how to say your name even Great. though I <laughs> Could um, you please come on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast for Matt's birthday, late birthday present yes. next week? It explained to me why I can't say your name because every other time we've talked about him except for today, I've said his name right. So I'm sorry. That's all right. You want from Uh, me? That was any any uh, SBNGs. We had one from the Dumpin' Change Boys that, um, yeah, of course I pulled it up, but then I didn't. But basically. Uh, to sum it up, I'll pull it up, boys. I don't want to disrespect them, but uh, basically asked if now with Beecher out with COVID, like worried about, you know, are you worried about his development or whatever? I don't know what I did with it. I had them up, but yeah. Um, so that was the thing, but because I'm giant jerk, let me uh, actually read them. Where are you dumping change boys? I have no idea, but that was their question. Yeah, basically. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, and change underscore change. You know, I love you guys very much, but that was basically their question with Beecher out with COVID. Does that make you worried about his development, not playing in the world junior championships? No, no. 
for me, and I'm just gonna, I'm sorry if I if you had an order, but I'm just gonna jump right in and say absolutely not. Uh, he was on the program last season um, and didn't make it this year for obvious reasons, the COVID thing. Um, but even if he didn't get, if, let's even if it, it was no COVID and he got cut, there's still no problem with his development. This is just something that will increase him to be better. Uh, folks, so many folks remember that Tyler Sagan got cut. Yeah. So right. look what happened to him. Uh, Stanley Cup champion and right. also pretty much a damn good goal scorer, regardless yeah. of his head issues and so on. So right. I just think that folks just need to step back when you, I mean, right. don't take a cut so bad. It's not going to affect the development <laughs> that, that much. It really is not. They're going to continue to go to school. He's going to continue to go to uh, be a, a, a Wolverine under a very good coach, Mel Pearson team, and then sign his freaking entry-level deal and do what he needs to do in the uh, uh, professional level, uh, whether in the AHL. I would like to see him in the AHL personally uh, with at least one year, like they did with Jake Dabrowski. And then – and then, step into the NHL after that you know so there's nothing we all we said earlier he's probably going to project it as a bottom six but you never know what you're going to have in him when he changes leagues and builds up more confidence and playing against uh, men guys that are different age they're not the 18s the 21s anymore they're now the 18s to like the 40s so you have to freaking adjust for something like that so I, I still think that he's going to be good. I think that he's just, this is nothing to do with development. This is just 2020 kicking everybody's nuts or flopes, whatever you want to call them and, mm. and move on. You know, it's yeah. just no setback at all. Yeah. Well, I, 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 don't, think I, he, I agree. Yeah. I think he's going to suck now and we'll never make the NHL him and one of the <laughs> three other guys that got oh, cut Jesus. to it. Anybody else that got cut from their right. world junior rosters for COVID lack of right. play or whatever. They all Should suck. And well, it's, it's it. Don Look at Tyler oh. Sagan. He sucked. He definitely wasn't an overall, you know, whatever. Right. Just yeah. stop. He's 20 years old or whatever. He's going to yeah, be okay. It, it, also, if anything, it could a, motivate him to yeah. be, yeah, exactly. Know, could piss him off a little. And he so, did play in it last year. It's not like he hasn't had the experience, but let's right. face it. Like everybody right. can't make the team, right? You know, right. I, I understand that there's a whole generation that's been raised that everybody right. makes a team and nobody's going to get cut ever. Cause we have to worry right. about feelings, not like, you know, skill sets, but these are not those kids. These are the kids that have grown up getting cut from teams or making teams. And if they get right. cut, they figure out how to make the team the next time they're, right. you know, whatever. So He's on a powerhouse for college team. He's going to be all right. Like it's, it's one week of their lives. And the actual biggest thing of it is just the experience of playing with the world's other top prospects. You know what I mean? Like people out there, mostly the NHL, other NHL draft picks, you know what I mean? Whether they had, they had their entry levels or not. Um, But he's going to be all right. He's not going to suck. He's going to be fine. And he'll probably be on the squad in a couple of years, just like on track, like he should be. Right. You know, so that's Mark. Anything in uh, this week in Bruins history? Yeah, we do, and, and I'm going to use this one from Mike Comito, and he's a, a fantastic writer. Follow him at Mike Comito on Twitter. Uh, he wrote the book Hockey 365. I highly suggest you get it. Great stock and stuffer, folks. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it online. Just do a search in the search bar and do Hockey 365. You'll figure it out. But on this day, on this particular day, we're recording on 
December 13th, 13th. Matt's birthday. Happy birthday, brother. Yeah, thank you. In 1970, in his 279th game, Bobby Orr picked up his 300th point. Wow. NHL point. Holy smokes. Hashtag Hockey365. Seriously, go get this guy's book. He's got a fact for every day. Or many facts for every Excellent. day. Um, I don't... I'm not to interrupt your little segment, Mark, but I also saw today's the anniversary of Espo scoring his 300 goal or something like that. Oh my goodness. I missed that. Was that from Camito? Uh, Maybe Um, him. There's a couple of them that I, uh, I I didn't write down. I don't remember where I came from, but I did see that earlier because someone had retweeted it and said, it reminds me, you know? Yeah. Espo scores on rebounds. Espo's numbers were ludicrous. He his, his play, he's he was like a plus three oh nine or something like just like crazy. ridiculous. Um, you know what else has a lot of facts is blackandgoldhockey.com, and you want to go there to get all sorts of great articles from our great writing staff at blackandgoldhockey.com. So do that every single day. More articles are added, and then when the season kicks off, it'll just be a plethora of facts and speculation and information and uh, everything Bruins is on blackandgoldhockey.com. So check that out for sure. And then Mark will give us information on how to watch him on Sportscaster. Matt, that was like so beautiful. It was like, Oh, isn't that professional music. as hell? It's like wow. elevator music. And I'm going to put some chimes to that. <laughs> I know. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, that was awesome. And what was I supposed to do? <laughs> Sportscaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sportscaster. Well, yeah. I was getting into the groove there. Welcome back. Two weeks fucking hiatus, and I'm all. Oh, yeah. yeah but uh, no, listen, Sportscaster is a new thing that we're doing. It's it's actually old, but kind of new for a lot of the uh, listeners and followers of our awesome uh, blackandgoldhockey.com team. But it's a it's a where I, I get together with a couple of drinks with some other adults and talk mm-hmm. hockey. And normally, and, 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 and most importantly it's going to be with the uh dump and change boys uh, at their podcast it's uh it's nick and jared so we just sit there and talk we're going to have that third spot to have a guest sometimes nesty will come in their fourth whenever he shows up or one of you guys one of you guys are welcome to show up on the show or or another person so um please check that out sportscaster.com sign up for an account and if you don't want to be on the program and and talk and be you know uh, recorded you can always stay involved in the chat and ask us questions throughout the whole thing so uh, sportscaster allows us to go up to three hours and then they cut us off so sometimes we do a two-hour program sometimes we sit there for three hours it's crazy but, hey i tried i joined one time for 45 minutes i mean it was, it was it was a show and i'd like to pretend like i remember where the password and stuff is so i'll probably have to make another account when i go to it but that i told you if you ever do them on saturday nights as long as i know ahead i'll come in for a little bit i'm thinking about bringing up the, the saturday social again uh doing probably two sportscasters a week we'll see what happens but yeah. things are getting really busy at bng especially nice. with hockey picking up in that that january 13th freaking line um so yeah, so join us as a sportscaster. It's it's uh, sportscaster.com and uh, just sign up for a free account. And every time you uh, every time I go on, you just hop in there and just ask questions, be be involved in the chat and join me as a as a co-host. So it's a lot Excellent. of fun. And you'll want to definitely donate on Patreon to us because you can win some great prizes. Oh, oh man. Oh, this is getting sick. 
folks, this is absolutely getting disgustingly sick. And that's a term I use very loosely. We have so many signed jerseys from former uh, alumni players and current players. We got the other day, we got Anders Bjork. Jerry Cheevers, can't see it. Come on, show up, show up, show up. Can't see it. What you up? can see the three. Terry O'Reilly, can you see that? Yes, nice. And recent addition, Charlie Coyle. Nice, yeah, nice. Oh, and also in the works, wow. just purchased a Derek Sanderson Signed jersey, the guy that assisted Bobby Orr Terrific. on the goal. So nice. He is coming into this whole thing. And this is for everybody that's a Patreon member. And what Patreon is, is it's a, a donation program. We need help cutting the operational costs here at Black and Gold Productions uh, Sports Media Company. But we're also taking some of half of your donation and putting that involved into listener giveaways so to be eligible please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast donate one dollar we're not going to go any more than probably eight episodes and for the last several months we've only done four a month so it's four dollars a month that's it for one dollar you can get one of these freaking bonus freaking uh, uh jersey signed by a player that's it Patreon.com slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Donate $1. And we also have so many other gifts. My desk is like crazy full underneath there with boxes of fanatic stuff, T-shirts, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast merchandise. We're giving it all away just for a dollar. Every week, we're going to be giving something away, but the jerseys are going to be given away once a month. We have four months of jerseys, soon to be five to give away. So please get involved. Excellent. Excellent. You definitely want to do that. Those are some great prizes for sure. And you can hear our wonderful voices every week continuing until the end of time. So that would be great too. Um, and that'll do it for this episode of 207. Heather and Mark, it was fun to be back and looking forward to next week. Looking forward to some Bruins hockey a month from now. Happy birthday. And I'm so oh, glad to, yes. uh, you look a lot. I can see your energy level. Like as best. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? You can see Absolutely. it on you last week. You could see your amazing what internet will do not feeling yeah, well and the, and the internet you could tell yeah. you had that like mark markets like when the technology you could see you just were like what in the right yeah. the, you were yeah. trying there's nothing worse than trying and it just not i know it. the covid ripped birthday. right through my wi-fi yeah so <laughs> glad to have you back i do want to say shout out to matt for the the reaching out to me and say listen i'm gonna what, what restaurant were you gonna go did you uh, say you were going to go to a restaurant or someplace that have Wi-Fi? I'm like, dude, don't. I was. I was going to go to Panera. I was going to yeah, sit in Panera like, and do a podcast. I'm like, don't yeah. leave your house, dude. I might have gotten some nice audience guy. behind me. But the, yeah. the, the, the mention and the dedication that you do to the show so far since you've been with us since October 1st has been freaking awesome. Thank you so oh, much, Matt. Uh, it's, been, it's been great to be a part of it. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it will go because we've already made some really great strides and we continue to do so. And all of our great writers have done a fantastic job to keep the uh, information and the articles flowing even during downtime uh, in Bruins hockey. And now that it's ramping back up, it's uh, we made it through, you know, a challenging time. And now we're now we're ready to just go gangbusters. So it's going to be just great. 
So freight train coming at you, folks. Freight. Absolutely. Train. That's uh, what Thomas so, Nystrom, another bath, birthday boy, yes, said, right? Is the train, birthday, train, yes. like seriously, it is. And I'm the oh, least Tennessee. working person here. Like you guys, like everyone does all this work. I just get to show up and talk about hockey a couple times <laughs> yeah, a week. You're the, you're the talent. Look at, like looking at whatever. Like my only job is to make sure things make logical sense to go in order, right. so right. Matt can read down. But happy birthday to him as well. Everyone, follow us. Thank you, everyone. I'm so happy. Charter rate and review. Reading. Rate and review. Yeah, rate and review. Rate and review. Definitely. You know Subscribe. I love to read the readings and reviews, too. I didn't forget about you, Patrice. Maybe Bergeron out there. No, <laughs> uh, go back. Uh, now, we are up to 180, though, ratings. We have gotten a few more ratings nice. and everything. But, Matt, I'm glad you're back because Mark and I need nice. you because we're good nice. for the first hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> and then yeah. somewhere around 124 yeah. One of our brains starts not redirecting the other brain. I think we did. We got through last week. It was a struggle though, because we did. were not prepared. Yeah, you guys are great. You but guys are great. You really well, everybody... thank you for being the conductor of this at least train over here. Cause... Oh, absolutely. We really appreciate everyone listening, and we'll do it again next week. Hope everybody has a great week. Peace out, everybody. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.